0: Yo, what is up? What is up? Welcome to the JTS podcast. I am one of the trio, Young Gabriel Jones, here with my man Marcus Modi, Young Patone Cook, Patton Cook here kicking it with us. Uh, it is Wednesday, March the third. Um, we're here. It's, it's morning time. We're doing an early morning podcast, but. Whenever you're listening, it'd be great. We appreciate you coming through. Um, we're going to start off with some APSU. You know, my alma mater, you know, let's go, P. Um, we faced Tennessee State on February the 28th. We squeaked by with a win. Boys, what did you see? Patton, I will start with you. Talk to me about this football game.
1: It was a much-needed bounce-back game for Austin P. in this game. Uh, having lost the Tennessee Tech game, Pretty much any blunder that wanted to happen in that game it happened uh, the plethora of interceptions fumbles muff punts muff kick returns it just never really did go right for them one thing you can say about the tech game was the defense and that defense showed up in this game i thought for the majority of the football game specifically in that first half the run game for tennessee state was uh, pretty much non-existent for the entirety of the first half started to get things going in that third and fourth quarter, but I think the majority of that was just Austin P kind of managing the game. Uh, They, they ran out to a 20 to nothing lead early on in that game. All three of those touchdowns coming from Brian Sneed. All three of them on his first three touches of the game, and he broke the FCS record in rushing yards in a quarter. Had 204, I do believe, and all three of those uh, came in three quick successions. Uh, Austin P. The 20 to nothing lead. uh, They had less than a minute of time in possession in in those drives that they scored touchdowns on, and ultimately, the run game in that first quarter ended up winning them the football game because for the rest of it offensively really struggled in the game once again they started draylon ellis at quarterback in this game Uh, one thing he gives you is um, kind of the element of surprise with his legs but in this game he didn't have the kind of impact that he had against tennessee tech on the ground tennessee state in that front they just had a blitzing linebacker pretty much come off the front edge just about every single time and it didn't allow draylon to do much with his legs had a fumble in the game so once again uh, Draylen, not, not uh, although he is a freshman I want to um, kind of throw that out there before I um, say this comment but still once again another tough game for him in his second consecutive start for Draylen Ellis and the question I think that I have to ask is will he continue on being the starting quarterback because right now Scotty Walden he's putting all the trust in the world in him and Ultimately, Ellis, he got, he got his first win. He did just enough. He managed the game just enough. One thing you can't say, he didn't force throws in this game. And I think that's exactly what Coach Walton told him in the game. Didn't force into double and triple teams. Wasn't the greatest accuracy-wise. But one thing I will say, the weather was less than stellar in the game. Downpours pretty much the entire football game. So there was a kind of run it. And uh hope for the best type of game. And Austin P did just enough in the game, but questions still left unanswered, I think, in this game.
2: Yeah, uh I will say, just back, uh picking it back on adding it with the running game, that first quarter set up honestly the win because I uh, believe it was either two or four or two oh six rushing yards from Sneed. After that, Tennessee's defense was literally stout on him. Uh they only had twenty-four. Yards for the remaining of the game, so he finished with 227. But Tennessee's defense was actually actually played played exceptionally well after that first quarter. Uh, it might have been a little, little bit of nervousness and uh, uh trying to just figure things out. But after that first quarter, the, I think Tennessee State did a, a great job with their adjustments. And one thing I do want to say on another an agreement, the pattern is. Austin P defense uh was pretty pretty did pretty well in that first half because I know I believe it was two block punts Mm. in that first half to where Tennessee State they had red zone opportunities and just couldn't capitalize on uh Austin P defense is it at full throttle like it was last year but they're still having an exceptionally sound defense um getting critical stops it's just the offense concerns me. Uh, yeah and I will say like with Ellis yes Patinette stated that he's a freshman but when you have an inability to throw the football down the field, you raise this concern once you get into these because Tennessee State isn't one of the best teams in the OVC. Uh, so when you're completing five of 17 of your passes uh, that's that's not that's not essentially well when you're you have two of the best duos out there on the, uh, at the wide receiver positions in the OVC at that.
1: Yeah, and, and two things to piggyback on. It's not going to get any easier for them because both Benico and D'Angelo are seniors, and I don't know if they'll end up coming back. Uh, I believe there's a year of eligibility granted to everyone, I believe, across college football just because of the kind of unknown. So if they want, they can come back. They can uh, do whatever they'd like, transfer, uh, declare, who, who knows. But those two guys – aren't going to be around for much longer. So that means you've got to take advantage of them while you've got it. And to talk on the defense, Marcus, absolutely. Uh, One of those block punts had in inside the eight for Tennessee state, and they came away with zero points, had a, uh, a missed block that had some pressure in by the special teams and, that, uh, this defense is picking up right where it left off, and there's missing guys like you were talking about. Josephus Smith is not there. Uh, John Wesley Whiteside, he start, finally got um, a few plays in this game against Tennessee State, didn't play any of the fall, and didn't play much against Tennessee Tech. So this is a defense that, although it's got some of his star guys like Cordell and uh, Jack McDonald, the middle linebacker, but there's still guys still left out of there, and the hope is for some of these guys to get them back for the fall because I think one thing – Marcus, we can talk about is this isn't really, uh, in my opinion, if they really wanted to go for the, the OVC title this year, they would go with a um, kind of more of a, a veteran quarterback. I think the whole thing with this short uh, shortened season, kind of quick season, is they want to see what they have in some of these freshmen, and that is exactly what I think this season is for them. Uh, one thing that Coach Scotty Walden has talked about, he's not going to rush the culture for the short term. He, he's here for the long term. He He's here for the process, and I think we've seen a little bit of that just with some of the young guys getting some starts, uh, both at the quarterback position, but as well on the defensive line. There's quite a few freshmen on that defensive line making an early impact. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, Marcus, or not.
2: Well, you just gotta realize that if you look back on it, this has been three different coach, head coaches in the past three years. So uh, it's a lot of new concepts, a lot of new offensive concepts, a lot of new defensive concepts, and honestly, actually, it has been three new offensive uh coaches as well. So, with, as it might be a reason why uh Jeremiah called left, because he had to see three different coaches with three different play styles. So, each and you know, every one of these coaches didn't have the exact same play style for that quarterback position. I know with Healy, he did a lot of dual threat, Mark Hutchbell went with one quarterback, but it was also a stout running game. Like one thing that's for sure with with these three coaches is they're one, they want a run game present and they're feeding off of the run. It's just when you get to the passing game, sometimes it can be very questionable who you have under center. And right now, uh, if you want to put your confidence in, in your young guys, it, I don't think it's really a major problem just because right now, this this year is the most uncertain and unknown, because right now for a new head coach, this would be spring training. This wouldn't be, you know, you're going out to play football games against other opponents to be wins and losses on your record. Typically, this is a time where you're just getting in a nitty-gritty, working out, playing against your guys, getting comf- getting your guys comfortable against familiar faces, not against unknown competition where you have to watch film. And there's not a lot of film against these guys. So this is really uncertain, but I understand the route that uh, Scotty Walden is going.
1: And and one of the differences in this offense for Scotty Walden, the, the philosophy is he wants to snap off every 12 seconds and he, he's looking to go quick. And that, that's kind of lead to, to some kind of hindrance on the offensive side as well, because the big guys up front, that's tiring for those big fellas. you got to get to the line quickly, and we've seen a little bit of that, and I think that's another thing. He's wanting to kind of develop these offensive linemen to, hey, you're not going to get a minute in between each play to kind of catch your breath. We're going to go quick, and the th- the thought is for there is we're going to make the defensive uh, side of the ball tired in that fourth quarter. And we have ne- never really have seen that just as of yet in this game um, or in this game or against Tennessee Tech, but the hope is that that will pick up here later of the season or next fall Marcus one question I will ask you we saw a little bit of Bryce Robinson in that Tennessee Tech game I thought for sure we'd see at least um, a drive or a series for him never did come and with Draylon Ellis uh, remaining in the game for the entire time do you put that up to more than just what the weather was not wanting to put a new quarterback out there in in the uh, elements if you will or was or there another reason you see that Bryce Robinson, the local Clarksville Academy product, didn't get a series uh, against Tennessee State?
2: Um, it's a lot of, like I said, it's a lot of insanity, uh, And that group, the head coaching group, they're not speaking a lot on it. Uh, no. <laughs> they're keeping it extremely internal. So uh, I'm not fully sure if I will, I will say this. I'm not sure that Ellis is really the answer moving forward No. It might give him some time, and then if he uses it as a learning experience, and then in the fall he comes out of nowhere uh, slanging it, then it might be a great uh, risk reward for Scotty Walden. But like I said, you got two young quarterbacks, so they're both going to make mistakes regardless. Uh, they're not going to be not a, these guys are not the Trevor Lawrence's of a college football. These guys are. They're gonna be prone to making mistakes. And that's one thing I did want to point out with the offensive line too is that when you're right, when you're wanting to go another 12 seconds, there's gonna be times where it might be a mistake here that are gonna get a five-yard penalty offsides or illegal formation because you want to go so fast. Sometimes you're gonna to have to understand the situation and slowing it down and also when you have a young quarterback, if he's struggling with his pre-snap reads, it's gonna to be tough trying to uh go another 12 seconds because all he's going to look at is his first option, he may be willing to throw the football. The, it's, just, it's the small details where with a young quarterback who's, who is a freshman and just trying to figure things out, you might not want to put so much pressure on him. That's why they're trying to fall back on their run game and go run heavy first.
1: And one final thing, and I'm, I'm good to, Marcus, let you take it away into the next segment. But the hope is that the quick offense is going to have more good than bad. And I don't know if we've necessarily seen that like I talked about just moments ago. And then secondly, um, in the fall, the hope is that there's going to be more of an open quarterback. Kind of the look we've seen early on is the freshman quarterbacks are going to get the look here uh, for the long term. But some of these transfers, some of these seniors, Cam Williams, guys like that, There's going to be more of an open quarterback competition, and we'll see kind of how that develops and how much stock this season is put into the fall camp in terms of picking a quarterback.
2: All right, so we're gonna hit on, uh, we're Mm gonna move on to the NFL and talk about uh, somebody that did a move here on today. Uh, I guess look like gave a little sleepy right here, uh, trying to wake himself fully up. Well, I'm not. Hey, is it? I think it's because of Bezos. Oh wait, not not Bezos. It's, it's, who is it now? Yeah, it's not even
0: Bezos anymore. That's not my boss anymore,
2: buddy. Oh.
0: No, uh, no, I don't know the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, I'm still up from yesterday. All good. We rolling no. strong.
2: I'm sorry, guys. No, 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 hey, hey, man. You probably needed a cup of coffee or something, man.
1: I, Working man gay. We respect that. Around.
2: Took some B twelve. He was. That is the definition of a strong warrior, ladies and gentlemen. Whoever is. We're all going to listen to this. Gabriel Jones. We're rolling. Going 15 plus hours, no sleep. Man, we rolling. we rolling. Man. But, yeah, we're moving uh, on in
0: the niffle. Yes. To the niffle. All right. So, yes, Houston has lost some electricity, not just from the ice storms, yeah. from their defense. <laughs> they ain't got hit. They moved all this electricity to the Arizona Cardinals. J.J. White, after being cut by the Houston Texans, he gets picked up for a cool $28 million in the Arizona Cardinals. He'll be in the Arizona Cardinals uniform this year. Um, guys, will it make a difference to this Arizona defense? Because they did have some troubles, though they do have some big names on their defense. Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, who is now the highest paid safety of all time. Um, will it actually make a difference in this defense? Do the Cardinals have a chance to take over this loaded, loaded NFC NFC list?
1: I think it will uh, for me. I, I think J.J. Watt, he will add some impact. And one thing I think he will add is kind of the, the leadership on the defensive side. Of course, you got uh, some veterans on that group, but not many of them have had the success like a J.J. Watt has on that front. Chandler Jones is a guy I'm looking at who's going to benefit the most from this because he's been seeing double teams his pretty much entire career over there in Arizona since moving from New England. So for him, I th- think this is going to be a good move. But if a surprise because Arizona was never really a team mentioned in kind of the, the, the decisions, if you will, of J.J. Watt. The Colts were always talked about, the Packers, the Steelers. Um, even the Cleveland Browns were talked about. There was a rumor going around that a uh, Tristan Thompson house in Cleveland was bought by somebody and people were connecting the dots. Maybe it's J.J. Watt. Well, that definitely didn't come out to fruition unless he's got a summer home down in Cleveland that we're not, uh, that we're not aware of. But for J.J. From what it looks like, he took the most money in this opportunity. Arizona is the one who's offered the most. There was talks whether uh, Indianapolis had offered the most. I saw another report that that is completely false. So he went with the money here. But then again, it's not a terrible team either. So he, he's kind of got the best of both worlds for him here. He's not getting the vet minimum if he were to go to, like, the Steelers or, or someone like that. He's getting paid. He's getting to go down there to Arizona. And one thing he talked about at his press conference, he's looking for a young up and coming quarterback. And I'm not sure there's many better than what Kyler Murray showed last season in, in, in moments. He had some uh, kind of moments, good and bad, but Kyler Murray's going to benefit. But I think the leadership that JJ Watts going to bring is going to be bigger than his play on the field, because this is a guy who wants to win. We saw his press conferences calling out pretty much every teammate that wasn't willing to sacrifice for wins last season for Houston. So, Bit of a surprising move, but a, a good move for JJ both money wise and uh, hoping to make a, a Super Bowl run while he's still in the NFL.
2: I knew once uh there was reports coming out that the base was sixteen million. Uh yeah, it was like he's gonna get a he's gonna get a pretty penny. Uh and then there's about twenty one of his twenty eight million they can go up like with incentives up to thirty million. 21 of his 28 million is going to be guaranteed. Uh, I don't know a lot of teams who are potential contenders like the Browns, the Colts, the Steelers, those guys really didn't have the cap space for uh, somebody like JJ White, even though he would have been phenomenal towards them. Now for that Cardinals defense, I think it helps out Chandler Jones the most. And I believe the Cardinals was uh top three actually in sacks just last year. Uh, with Chandler Jones leading the company. But uh, one person that's not actually going to be there, most likely, is Patrick Peterson. Uh, so it looks like they might be going uh, to a more younger side on the uh, back side of the back four. But I think it's still going to help them out a lot. Uh, and also, you got to look at that NFC West, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's gotten even more loaded and more crazy. So now you're going to have a tough time just trying to figure out who you're gonna double team because JJ Watt was top five in double teams just last year. And you saw what how the Cardinals was they was top three in sacks last year without JJ Watt. So I don't know who you're gonna to wanna to double are you gonna to want to double Chandler Jones or are you gonna to wanna to stick with JJ Watt because either way, they're coming on both sides.
0: Well, speaking of sacks and incentives, JJ Watt would earn a bigger sack. If he's gonna be a guy that can get double digit sacks in a season, do you think that JJ Watt is still a double digit sack guy, or are those days long gone for JJ Watt, Marcus?
2: I think so. Uh, if you look at the Houston team, he he could have almost got triple teamed at times, and it would have, uh, the, uh, the other side, his other three guys wouldn't gonna get pressure on, on on any other quarterback. Um, when you have another top-tier defensive end or defensive line in general on your side and you're adding J.J. Watt, it gets a lot more opportunities. Uh, another thing also is that the Cardinals might not have to blitz a lot. I know they, they, they blitz quite a bit <laughs> with the pressure that they was getting this past year. Like like I said, an well, example is with the Rams, with Floyd and Aaron Donald. When you have two guys that can get off and – Get pressure just through that front four. It helps out your defensive coordinator out a lot. I think J.J. White has the potential to get ten uh, this year. Now, if, now if you're talking about thirteen to fifteen, that's that's that that's that monster back in 2014. I don't if he if he still can get to that level. Uh, watch out for the NFL. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: I think it really all depends on his health. I think if you play 16 games, he's going to hit that 10-plus mark pretty easily. But the big worry for him here the past couple of years has been that health. He's picked up kind of these little injuries. He hasn't had that major injury in a few years that he was getting uh, as of recently. He had an ACL, had, a, uh, I believe, a, a bicep problem as well. But for him, it's been the health the past couple of years, and then the help um, on on the defensive side as well, like Marcus was mentioning that front other than JJ Watt was a joke for the Texans that no one else was going to offer any sort of kind of pressure on the other side. So he was seeing some extra guys. One, one other guy I think this could help is Isaiah Simmons is a young guy who doesn't really know what position he's going to play right now, but just for a guy like JJ Watt to come in, who there was questions on what position he was going to play. Is he going to be a down lineman? Is he going to kind of keep his hand off the turf, if you will, or is he going to be a kind of a three down lineman as well? So, I think that's a guy in J.J. Watt he can mentor. Like I said, the mentor that uh, J.J. can bring for this young Arizona Cardinals team, it is so young. It's got so many young pieces on this team on the offensive and defensive side. And he's got a buddy in DeAndre Hopkins who already tested out the Arizona Waters for a year or so. So he's got a guy that he knows already from Houston as well as Vance Joseph, who is the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. He was his, um, He was J.J. Watt's position coach back in Houston in his early part of uh, the Texan years, So there's some familiarity for Houston over into Arizona for J.J. Watts. This is a good, good little market for him. He's getting paid. And the hope is that he can just stay healthy because one thing that we can say about the AFC West, the plethora of pass rushers and guys who are going to hit the quarterback is there. You got the Bosa uh, brother over there in the 49ers. You got Aaron Donald, like you're talking about, and now you got J.J. Watt. And that is something that Russell Wilson is for sure uh, going to have a few tears on his pillow at night thinking about with that Seattle offensive line that every every team in his division has got a guy who's going to hit him up pretty good if his offensive line doesn't um, doesn't block
0: to their ability. Well, maybe that is why he's trying to fly away from the Seahawks team. The man's like, oh, no, this, this <laughs> is nonsense. We got to get out of here. Um, but speaking of movement, speaking of guys, yeah. Russell Wilson, he could be out of Seattle. Deshaun Watson trying to leave the Texans as J.J. Watt did. He saw J.J. Watt, he's like, I, I need to leave too. Um, with the Cardinals, where would you guys place them coming into next year? Uh, if, if Russell Wilson decides to stay in Seattle, um, you got the San Francisco team getting back healthy, they dealt with. Just so much awful injury history. Um, this yeah, San Francisco 49ers coming back. And then Seattle, of course, they have Russell Wilson. He's always will be a threat. And then the Rams getting a legitimate quarterback in Matthew Stafford and already having that monster of a defense. Guys, where do you see the Cardinals landing in the NFC West next year? Marcus, I will start with you.
2: Man, um, like when I, when we're just thinking about this this division, I wouldn't be surprised if they went like seven and nine, eight dates because they can split <laughs> like yeah, all four teams can split each, each each other's uh in the division matchups. Um because it's it's extremely close. Yeah, I think one thing it depends on with the 49ers is uh with Jimmy G, how he's gonna play this upcoming year. Uh, Seattle's defense Who has been questionable The past two years now um, I think the Rams Might be the uh, the best team out Right now But one thing With the Cardinals That scares me Is uh, The amount of hits That Colin Murray Had got last year It was mm. That's the reason Why he had a Big downfall In the Second part of his year The uh, second part of the season uh, He got a lot of hits And he ended up getting hurt At the At the very end Uh I think they can be the, either the second or third best team.
1: I like the Rams at number one right now just because for the most part, there's familiarity. They're they're bringing all their guys back. They got Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side with Aaron Donald. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have a monster year with the Rams. I, I think that's going to be a perfect fit for him. Second and third and fourth, I think, are going to be a game, uh, a game apiece between all of them. But one thing I will say, if Seattle doesn't kind of – bump that defense and offensive lineup, I think they're going to be right at the fourth place spot. I think Arizona is upgraded. Uh, like Gabe talked about the 49ers, there's going to be an upgrade there just because the abundance of injuries that were there last season are going to be healthy and ready to go this season. George Kittle should be uh, 100% ready to go. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, uh, should be back in this uh, this season, take that for what it's worth. But I think right now Seattle they've got to look at upgrading because all the other teams have upgraded in, in positions of need for the Rams, the quarterback, the defense for Arizona, and then right now for the 49ers, their entire team is not injured anymore. So I think Seattle's going to need to draft well, get some free agents because in a blink of an eye, the the uh, division is going to pass them by. And last time in a couple of years, they were without a doubt the clear runaway favorite to win the division. Now they're looking at fourth place if they don't upgrade quickly.
2: I got a question for y'all uh, before we get to the break. Carson Wentz, which I think he's going to do now uh, against against uh, the AFC foe Titans uh, and the Colts. But wait, 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 how y'all feeling about how y'all feeling about? Pat, how how are you feeling about this move?
1: Well, literally, if we go back and look at the tape, uh, right? Literally, the day before Carson Wentz signed with the Colts, I said if the Colts signed Carson Wentz. I love that for them, I, and I don't like it for my Tennessee Titans. I see, too much, I see too much similarities in Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill, and although Tannehill isn't my most favorite person after his playoff game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I think there's similarities there. The offensive line that Ryan Tannehill had in Miami was an absolute joke. The weapons he had in Miami was an absolute joke, and I think the organization is an absolute joke down there in Philly. You just look at what's happening right now, it's a joke. And so I think with Carson Wentz heading over to Indianapolis, the GM, the coach, the defense, the offensive line, it is all there for Carson Wentz to succeed. So I'm not happy. I know a few people are jumping for joy, thinking that the fraudulent Carson Wentz is coming over for the division. You're telling me Carson Wentz can't be what Phillip Rivers did last season. And that was us having to scrape through with the tiebreaker beating the Indianapolis Colts, who had a plethora of injuries themselves. I I don't like it for my Titans. I think the Colts are going to be right back up there. And I think it's going to be another tiebreaker for whoever wins the division with that defense getting better and better. And oh, by the way, the salary cap that the Colts have, they can go out in free agency and pay whoever they want. Really.
0: I smell a Carson Wentz resurgence and not even if Carson Wentz is good or not, because you got the Jaguars in your division. Two Ws. They did lose the first game against the Jaguars last year, barely beat them this year. Whatever, whatever, take that with a grain of salt. Two Ws against the Jags. The Texans, obviously, everybody is flying away from there. They are in rebuild mode. Two Ws. Now you have to worry about the Titans. Now the Titans, they are a good team. They do have the best running back in football, in my opinion. Um, A stable offense. But we saw their defense basically crumble last year. If they don't do something in the draft or in free agency, which I'm not sure if they can do much as far as salary cap goes, then they might be easy pickings as well. So Carson Wentz, he'll he'll have some cupcake games. Um, I think that if he's healthy, he'll be able to do some stuff. We did get to see him do some good things with what he had with the Eagles, but he didn't have much. He was missing all his offensive linemen. He was missing all of his weapons. So I wouldn't put it all on Carson Wentz. So I think that he is in the right spot for him to succeed. Now, if he does not succeed this year in this situation with this team, get him out of the league. Get him out of the league. Let him be a backup or something. He's going to be done.
1: Yeah, Marcus, one thing. I I think when you're looking at the Colts right now, when I talked about their cap space – the amount of um, free agent wide receivers going to be available for the Colts to pick from. I think Corey Davis, a guy in the Titans, Davis. I don't think are going to be able to resign. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over to the Colts and just wreaks havoc on us uh, two games a year for the next seven years. So there is options for them quickly on the Titans defense. There is no cap space uh, right now. The only, the only uh, person I've heard talking about is, We're talking about bringing Jadavian Clowney back. Have we not learned our lesson from last season? (laughs) Uh, Titans. We
2: told you. We told you.
1: John John Robinson, have we not learned our lesson about uh, bringing back the highlight-filled college tape of Jadavian Clowney, and I, I just can't believe what I'm seeing. That's all I'm going to say because if I, if I if I speak more on it, I'm going to put my head through my wall, and then my mom's going to have my head. So uh, let's move on. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not too happy about Carson Wentz going to the Colts and my Titans defense. I don't see it get getting much better considering we went back inside our same defensive coordinator that had his absolute disaster class last season.
2: He tried to tell this man. You did. Before the season the I was <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. I was drinking
1: the uh, the South Carolina and Jadavian Clowney highlight-filled Kool-Aid.
2: We tried to let. We tried to warn this man of the fraud he was. One and was, was. <laughs> robbery. <laughs> no. I was
1: thinking twenty
0: sacks for J- Jadavian Clowney. I didn't even get one. Woo. Okay, you made a clown out of you. Paint got the face paint.
2: We told, on him, we told him he might not get five, and he didn't get one. Golly. <laughs>
1: Let's move Man. on. Send it to a break. Send it. Yeah,
2: we're going to send it to a break, guys, and then when we come back, we're going to hit on the NBA. We're going to do a little JTS special for you guys as well. It's going to be a battle between Gary Bill Jones and Patton Cook, but we'll have more details in just one moment. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the JTS Podcast. My name is Marcus Modi here. And I'm gonna host this little uh second half of the show because we're gonna talk about the NBA. An all-star weekend is coming up very shortly. Uh it's actually gonna be later this this weekend. And you know they have it's gonna be in Atlanta. And there's gonna be the All-Star Game, uh, the Skills Challenge three-point contest and the dunk contest. Uh but we're gonna hit on the reserves first as Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson was the reserves for the West. And then Jalen Brown, James Hart, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Bucic was the reserves for the East. Now, guys, was there any snubs? Well, I just want to let the people know as well that Anthony Davis, he did get an all-star, but Devin Booker replaced Anthony Davis, and then Kevin Durant will not be playing in the all-star game, so his replacement is going to be DeMontis Sabonis. So now, guys, after that, uh, do y'all think there was any other snubs or did the voters and in the media uh, coaches – well, excuse me, the coaches get this correct?
0: I think that they got it right. I think that Devin Booker should have got in before Chris Paul. Chris Paul should have been a replacement. Um, Brandon Ingram was the only guy that could have had an argument for the West, but his team was lower than the Phoenix Suns. So the West, they got it right on there. And then for the East, um, Trey Young was a guy that could have got a nod. Um, Jimmy Butler, if he wouldn't have been hurt, could have gotten a nod. But I think that they got both teams correctly. My thing that I do raise some eyebrows at is Jason Tatum being inserted into the starting lineup for Kevin Durant. Unfortunately, I don't think that there are any other forwards that are kind of better than Tatum right now. I mean, Julius Randle or Sabonis could have been inserted into the starting lineup. But I think Tatum is a little bit better than them, so I get it. So I think that overall, they did do they did a good job by All-Star this year.
1: Ultimately, Sabonis got in. That was one guy I was going to talk about. I think when I saw kind of pairing up the stats of Ben Simmons and Demontis Sabonis, Sabonis has better stats in pretty much every category. And, and that was one thing I was looking at. Now, Ben Simmons, he's got kind of the name. He's on the 76ers. They're having a good year alongside Joel Embiid. So I got that. Sabonis ended up getting in anyway, so no real harm there. I don't really have a problem with anyone else. I, I really didn't even have a problem with Chris Paul. And one reason I'll say that, is the impact he's made on that Phoenix Suns team right now. We saw them play last night. They beat the Lakers right now in firm position of second place in the West. And the Suns were nowhere near that before Chris Paul came in, and that was one move I absolutely loved because I'm a big fan of Chris Paul. And When he was on the Houston Rockets, I thought he got a bad rap when James Harden wasn't there. That was the one player in Chris Paul who constantly showed up, I thought, in the playoffs, and it wasn't for Chris Paul kind of getting hurt. I, I think the Houston Rockets Houston Rockets, end up beating Golden State in that one series where they gave up that lead and ended up uh, being knocked out of the Western Conference Finals. So for me, I, I don't mind Chris Paul getting in over Devin Booker because of what Chris has shown, not only throughout his career, but this season, I, I thought the leadership and even the play he has had this season has been exceptional. So didn't have a big problem there. I think we kind of overhyped the kind of snubs, if you will. Most of them end up getting in anyway, Um, they they get the bonuses in their contract no matter what so I I think there's the problem is there's so many good players in the NBA right now where a Trey Young is going to just have to be left off because his team isn't doing what it should be we saw their head coach get fired a a few days ago so they kind of reap the the kind of punishment of the league being so talented right now with so many guys scoring the basketball at a high cliff that you can't put everybody in the all-star game and I agree with that this should be a kind of um, a prestigious award and uh, a kind of opportunity for the best players in the world to get to get together on a weekend and play the game. So there's naturally going to be um, players left out, and I think that's how it should be.
2: I think for me it was uh, because there was a lot of feedback saying that Vujovic shouldn't have gotten in just because of the record that the Magic have right now. But I would turn around and would be like, and look and see them praise Zion when Zion has a, a a poor record for the Pelicans as well. And then I think it was actually a, somewhat closer. Me personally, I kind of would have liked to see Mike Conley got the that All Star night on how much of an impact he was with Utah and how Utah literally they have double digits wins. They have a double digit of wins that are ten plus points against teams like, it, the, a lot of their games not even close and I think they should have deserved being getting three guys here on the all-star list everybody else I think was right on the money Uh if it wasn't Zion I would took Conley or John ja Moran ja, who has the same record as him and actually it's been playing and it has been hooping and not, not playing well he has been hooping since he's been back but the injury might have might have hurt him a little bit as he was out for about, about a month. So I understand why they went with Zion, even though he issued like 60% off of dunks and layups. But it is what it is. I mean, it's Zion. Bully, bully ball of uh, Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really don't have any any other problems with that. And I understand why they put Tatum in there just because if it was a guard, they was going to put a card in. So you would have saw Harden be his – Institute, but it was a forward, so they couldn't put, they wasn't going to put Julius Randle at that, I'm sorry, they wasn't going to put Julius Randle as a starter, even though the Knicks are the fourth seed right now. They just wasn't going to do that. Uh Steven, they might have had a heart attack on himself. <laughs> but, uh, let's go ahead and hit on these, these other ones. Uh Three-point contest. Who you guys got coming out of the three-point? Well, actually, no. Let's hit on this dunk contest first, because the three-point contest will Will might be a little bit better than the dunk contest because there's only three guys for the dunk contest, and that's gonna be Obi Toppin and Fery Simon's from the Portland Trailblazers, and then Cassius Stanley, uh, who plays for the Indiana Pacers. If you did not know that, uh, who who do you guys have winning it? And uh, is there any high expectations for it, uh, Patton? I'm, I'm gonna start with you first.
1: I don't think there is. And I I think the main reason I don't believe there's high expectation is because the most anticipated guy that we've been wanting since uh, he came into the league, Zion Williamson, he's opted out once again. It looks like he's taken the LeBron James route of kind of steering clear of the taboo uh, dunk contest. And I'm entirely sure why Uh, Michael Jordan did it uh, whenever he was playing numerous other guys have done it. And it's I think it's kind of enhanced their legacy. I, we're always going to have that Chicago free throw line dunk for uh, MJ.
2: One thing I want to say is this is like the first year in like the last four or five where they've literally had all dunkers as the judges, like former dunkers who, who were was the dunk contest as judges. I think.
1: Do you know who the judges are? Just to, um, I don't know if you
2: let me let me pull it up real quick but i know uh dominique is going to be on there i think Spud web is on there uh those are the two for sure but let me pull it up for you
1: all yeah i'll i'll go ahead and I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley, and uh, one reason I say that is is because he's got the bounce to, I think, pull off some of these cool dunks. Obi Toppin, he's more of a power dunker, and and in the past, we really haven't seen many of those guys win. In the past, Dwight Howard is really the last guy um, of that ilk to win the dunk contest. Blake Griffin, but even then, uh, the the kind of fancy dunks he could do. So I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley. Some of the dunks he's pulled off in-game. Have been dunk contest worthy uh, for me, Marcus. I think you got the judges pulled up.
2: Yes, I yes do. So Dominique Wilkins, uh, D. Brown, Jason Richardson, Josh Smith, and Spud all guys who were very known for dunking the basketball. So I'm glad that the NBA actually thought maybe let's put some dunkers as judges and not uh, people who sometimes who sometimes didn't even play basketball.
1: Well, yeah, well, of course, uh, these two didn't uh, did play basketball and at a very high level. But we had the controversy with um, uh, D Wade and uh, Candace Parker last season not giving out tens when uh, many thought there should have been tens. So uh, we we won't hopefully won't have that controversy this year. Then again, I hope we do just because that was a funny. Uh, Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker getting absolutely blasted on Twitter. But for me, I'm going Cassius Stanley. Like I mentioned, I just don't see Obi Toppin being being able to pull off some of the highlight, uh, kind of flashy dunks. I, I see him more of a more as of a, kind of a power dunker. So for me, I'm going Cassius Stanley down there in Indiana.
0: Unless Obi Wan Kenobi can pull out some stuff like Aaron Gordon did in that historically great dunk contest that he had against Zach Levine, he has no chance. Um, Cassius Stanley, that boy got bunnies, but I'm a pseudo Portland fan. I gotta roll with my boy <laughs> Anthony Simons, baby. Look, my dude gets up, he has some nice little dunks. The man has some explosive power. Y'all downplaying them, and that's okay, bro. Like, like we already said, we kind of got low expectations for the dunk contest, anyways. If, if there's the floor, I mean, it can only get higher, right? Yeah, so, yeah. y'all, we, we. He, ain't nobody seeing my man's coming. He's going to come out of nowhere. going to probably do some between the leg 360s. I'm all with it. Anthony Simons for the win.
2: Yes, you are correct, I will say. Uh, I, with the expectations being at the floor, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. This might be just about the same with uh, Jeremy Evans on the slam dunk contest. Ooh, that was in 2012. Yeah, that was some time ago. That's That seemed like ages ago. That was – we getting old, fellas. That's almost a decade ago.
1: One question. Zach Levine has said he's no longer participating, correct, after the kind of debacle? tragedy. A A tragedy.
0: Yeah,
2: he's not doing it. Uh, Aaron Gordon's not doing it. Uh, John Moran said he's not going to do it zion say he's opting out so like yeah, just what? another one
1: what what in the world that these guys that are known for their dunking not going into the dunk contest I...
2: last year was the last song <laughs> i think last year was the last
1: yeah bomb. that's true
2: that's why yeah I, it's just it's what it is i mean i can't i can't blame the guys for seeing these crazy dunks and not getting 50s off of it but
0: Hey, I'm not going to lie. My biggest my biggest pet peeve, my biggest um, mark on this guy's career is not not the fact that he had a meltdown against the Dallas Mavericks. That team no, was hooping. Truth. But LeBron James, he said that he was going to do the dunk contest. He said it on live television that he was going to do it never has done it one, he has robbed us of one of the I'll, greatest dunkers well, uh, I, i'll, I I'll say this I, I think
1: he's this year i think it's going to be just a bad dunk contest for one the dunker levels aren't going to be very good second the crowd is what makes the dunk contest and i don't know how Indeed. many people we're going to have in this little i i mean it's going to be like a shoot around session just trying dunk so i, I think that's going to be bad i'm hoping that once we get kind of the the vaccine whenever it's kind of given out maybe next season we can get a a packed house dunk contest, and maybe we can see uh, a one last hurrah for uh, LeBron James. I'm, I'm
2: sorry, <laughs> fellas, don't get your hopes So LeBron James is what thirty, going to be thirty eight or thirty nine. Do still not still getting
0: his head at the rim, bro.
2: Yes, yes, but do not anticipate him getting in the dunk contest. A uh, young LeBron, yes. Uh, old oh, LeBron, God. no.
0: Come on, LeBron, you need it for your legacy, man.
1: He could do a layup contest. How about that? <laughs>
2: I think Kyrie would actually win that. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. But let's get on the three-point contest because the, the contestants are Devin Booker, a former three-point champion, Stephen Curry, another three-point champion, uh, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. That consists of the three-point contest. I'm going to go with either uh, – Mr. Devin Booker, Stephen Curry, those are my two favorites. I think a sleeper though would be uh, Zach Levine for, for this three point contest. But because okay. uh, everybody's gonna want to pick Steph Curry, but you know, Steph be having those moments where he just don't be caring and he'll just throw bricks, or it'll be other times where he just he'll hit twenty seven out of thirty shots. So I don't know. I think I'm going I'm going to go with D-Book. I think I'm
0: going to go with D-Book and then my 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 under my underdog will be Zach Levine. Um I'm going with Devin Booker cuz I think that dude's is a bucket. He has felt disrespected. This man just got ejected last night. I think he's yeah. going to come in with some fiery heat in his mind and in his hands. He's going after this uh championship for the three point contest. I will say this. People are questioning guys like Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like, we have these under-the-radar guys that always come in and do the three-point contest. And guess what? They never win. They never win. It's always a guy that is usually a three-point specialist. So, I don't think any of those guys have a chance. If you don't believe me, put some money down. If they win, you should be able to increase your money. They should have great odds. But, yeah, they never win. So, I'm going with D-Book. Uh, to take the three-point contest this year,
1: I wish Joe Harris was involved in this one, beating Steph Curry a couple of years ago. That was a that was a fun moment that Joe Harris absolutely flame torched uh, Steph Curry in the three-point contest. I'm going to go with Curry in this one. Uh, if I jinx him, great. If he wins, I look smart. So uh, I'm going to with <laughs> Steph Curry in this one. Um, like I said, I think the shooting motion is as big as anything in this one. I, you can have a you can be the greatest three-point shooter, but if you're putting a lot of effort into it. The legs are going to be dead by the by the third rack. So Steph's has got such an effortless uh, three point shot, like Marcus said, it's it's either twenty eight out of thirty or seven out of thirty. That there's really no in between for Steph on, on these sort of competitions. So if it's if I jinx them, great, if I win, uh, I look like a genius. So let, let's go, Steph thing, Curry.
2: That's the thing too. I don't we're, like, we're like Steph. You'd be like, we we just seen clips of him be like ninety seven in a row, and then he'll go to this, the three point contest and he might just hit. 15 of them uh, right. come on like like literally literally earlier this season i'm pretty sure he went for like 50 straight
0: when you know what him, now i think of it it will be an empty gym i
2: might have to change
0: my big to young curry because they may <laughs> do have fire flames coming out of town
1: and, and, and one thing i can't wait for is is that uh, reggie miller he's like here, here, he goes on a run and clank, clank, clank. I mean, there's better. There's not many better things in sports than Reggie Miller trying to predict a run and just we get about four, four bricks off the backboard. So I, I'm looking forward to the All Star game. The commentary is as good as anything I
0: think with the with the TNT guys.
2: Here comes your Kodak moment.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, look, I will say this. I don't know what the odds are, but a light-skinned person will win this three-point contest. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's, they out, it's more light-skinned than dark-skinned. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. I tell you what, this is, this is why you
1: listen to the JTS podcast right, right here. I mean, you, you don't get this on ESPN. I guarantee you that. For good or for all worse, right. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> you, it's gonna happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, so here comes this little JTS special that we got uh just for you guys. All right, Bro. so it's gonna be uh team team Gabe Jones yeah. versus Team Patton Cook for the all star voting. Uh I, I I I don't know. I oh I guess Gabe Gabe's is gonna get the nod here, uh, because unfortunately, yeah, we're gonna give Gabe the nod first, because unfortunately, he lost in the uh, last little wager week that we had.
0: And, um, I gotta bring that
2: up. <laughs> no, because I, I was gonna, I was gonna say we was gonna have to flip a coin and whatnot, but we don't want to, we don't want to waste the listeners' time.
0: Yeah, That's true. Was- That's fine. I'll happily take the first pick. It's all good. Um, Man, so we- basically.
2: Oh, you want to? I was, gonna, I was gonna explain it. I'm I, I to right. the
0: host, you know what I'm saying? I gotta,
2: I gotta look, inform the listeners. Be fine, be fine, but uh, fine. so we're gonna do a little all star draft for ourselves. As I know the NBA uh all star draft is going to be on tomorrow, actually, the fourth, uh, at I believe 7 p.m. And uh, but these gonna be our Patton and Gabe will be our two captains, and then how we're gonna determine it is uh, after these guys name who they're going to be their picks for their team. We're going to tally up all the points and then see who comes out on top. I think it's going to be a pretty close one. But we're going to start off with the first pick for gay Team Jones, and who will be your first pick?
0: With the first pick in this draft, I am taking Joel Embiid. That will be my first pick. He's going to get a lot of dunks. So, Joel, let's get it.
1: All right, for me... Tempted to go with LeBron. Just the one worry I have with LeBron is there's just no kind of telling whether or not he's going to go for the points in this one. So I'm going to go uh, a guy who wasn't really listed as a as a starter, and I'm going to go with James Harden. I think kind of the guards, he's going to jack up a, a ton of threes in this game. I'm going to go with James Harden.
0: Okay, that's your number two. All right, my number two pick will be uh, Senor. Damian Lillard. I think that if he gets hot early on, he's going to keep them things flying. Got to go video game day. All
1: right. Um, I'm going to go with Luca.
0: Luca, okay. Um, I will take uh, Bradley Beal, my next pick. I'm going to go with LeBron now. All right. Uh, Giannis. It's my next pick. Come to the team. Now
2: we're now we're going to to a little bit of defense. First time these first few picks it was uh, all offense, no D. Uh,
1: you better believe what it. What gonna say? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go for myself. I'm tempted to go with uh Kyrie Irving in this one. Just not sure how healthy or not he's gonna be in this one. So I'm gonna go. <sighs>
0: A lot of pressure here. I'm going to go with Kawhi. Oh, I would have never picked that dude. (laughs) Ha-ha. Thank you, because that gives me Zion Williamson. He might be the darling of this all-star game. Give that man a lot of lobs. We need it.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go with Kyrie.
0: All right. Uh, My next pick... Gotta go with another flamethrower. Young Zach Levine. It's your first one. Make something happen, baby.
1: Um, looking over, no Anthony Davis I uh, would put pick, pick him. Um, I bashed him earlier. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, Ben Simmons. More dunks. Ben
0: Simmons.
2: All right. Uh people know. I just wanna let the people know right now. I was looking. They're looking at like nothing but lobs and three pointers. That's that's yep. what that's what it, this is how this draft is going right now. Because they didn't even name all name off all the starters yet.
0: <laughs> that's where we at. Uh, my boy, my boy Curry's still on the board. Oh, yeah, with him. Stephen Curry, <laughs> come on down. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jokic. You didn't take him yet, have you? I'm taking no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. i didn't uh, take Jokic. All right, uh my next pick. I'm gonna roll with uh D book. D book, come on, buddy.
1: Um let's, let's see here. Uh I'm gonna go with Paul George.
0: PG, okay, okay. Uh Donovan, you should have been a starter, buddy. I was voting for you, Donovan Mitchell.
1: Has Tatum been selected yet? Have you picked
0: him yet? He has not. I'm
1: going to go with Tatum.
0: All right. I'm going to roll with the Uh, CP3. He's going to lose the skills challenge, so he might try to go for this MVP. CP3, bring it. Uh, You know, I'm not.
2: Only a couple of just left now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So is so Zach, is Zach
0: Levine him. still available? Have you picked him? Nope. nope. That's my guy. I'm, I'm going exactly with
2: Zach he Levine. Pick. No, he, he. I believe Gabe already has Zach Levine. Yeah, oh. I, I got him. So the, the only ones that are left: uh, Rudy Gobert, Luka Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown.
0: Jalen Brown. All right. Jaylen Jaylen Brown. Brown. All right. I'm going with my boy, DeMontis Sabonis.
1: And I'm going to go with uh, the Orlando lad, Vucevic, however you say his last All name.
0: Right. You know what? I feel like my team is superior already. I'm going to throw you a bone. I'll pick up Gobert.
1: <laughs> you might get it's negative not- points out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's enough for Julius Randle.
1: Julius Randle, it is. I'm uh I'm pretty okay with this. Right, yeah, just, no Knicks uh, on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Go
2: ahead, Pat, and spit off uh, your team, and then right. Gabe, you can spit off your team, and then let's see. We're gonna we'll let the listeners decide. I ain't gonna choose sides. I'm gonna just watch and see.
1: So I've got uh Mr. LeBron James, uh Luka Doncic, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Paul George, uh, Nikola Jokic, Ben Simmons, Vucevic, and then finally uh, Mr. Bully Ball himself, who did it first before Zion Williamson, uh, Julius Randle.
0: Hey, solid yeah, solid team, solid team. That remember, Randle stays on the ground. My boy Zion gets above the rim. All right, my team. Mr. Embiid, uh, Video Game Dane, Bradley Beal, um, Levine, Giannis, Zion, Curry, D-Book, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert.
2: Looks like they got a lot of firepower he got a lot of, he got a, a lot he of shooters on, on, his, on his side.
0: Flame uh, throwers. Hey, it's going
2: <laughs> to be a tough one. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting. I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast right here. Uh, tune in this weekend to the All-Star Game. You know, we're going to hit a, a recap next week about it. Uh, baseball starting up. You got hockey still going on. Uh, I know college sports is racking up even more right now with, the college sports, Patton. I just want to commend you, sir, on this past weekend these these next two weeks are uh, grinding hard, sir.
1: We have uh we have been grinding on the uh, high school basketball as well as uh the the Austin P football game. Did that game on Sunday it was an absolute blast until I had to walk outside and get absolutely drenched uh, by that rain. Other than that, it's been great. Uh, one thing I will say uh, tonight, I have a. Uh, a region a championship game for the ladies Stewart county rebels be sure to tune in i try to make the broadcast fun it has been an absolute blast this season it always comes down to the last shot uh tonight uh at seven o'clock will be the tip off so if you got nothing else to do tune into some basketball i try to make it fun uh in the broadcast should be great tonight
2: are you by yourself you got a partner
1: Bought by myself, I can uh, talk as much as I want, so uh, I don't have to let anyone else talk. I uh, so it's it's been a good and bad. It was rough at the start, not having to someone bounce off ideas, but here as of late, I can say whatever I want uh, and, and not have to worry about someone ri- ridiculing me on the or right next to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey,
2: well, we we would like to just say thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of the JTS podcast. Hey, hopefully, y'all have a blessed morning evening, night, whenever you tune in, but thank you guys.